0: Hello and welcome back to Perspectives. Today's guest is Sophie Grace Holmes. She is a fitness coach and endurance athlete living with cystic fibrosis, a life-threatening condition affecting the lungs and other organs in the body, which makes an already tough life that extra bit harder. In this episode, we discuss what it is like living with CF, the various challenges Sophie has overcome, surmounting many physical feats very few are capable of, including becoming the second woman ever, climb Mount Kilimanjaro with CF, how she paddleboarded 80 miles from the Bahamas to Florida without being eaten by a shark, how she handled being told she would not likely live past her teen years, her approach to life's obstacles and her next big challenge which sees her in 36 marathons in 36 days. It's a very very cool episode I really find Sophie's approach to life rather inspiring she is one of these rare types of people who refuses to accept the narrative that has been painted for her, and for not only to her ability to adapt to the challenges CF presents, but also to thrive with it, I, I think we can really take a leaf out of her book and take a few lessons away from this one. So without further ado, Sophie Grace Holmes. So, Sophie Grace Holmes, I'm I'm very excited to have you on here. Followed your account for a while now, and I think you're a bit of a bit of a superhuman. So, um, welcome.
1: treat you so much. You are too kind. As we've just discussed, I don't bounce on slopes.
0: No, no, as the as the cast would uh, suggest.
1: So, I I've, I've struggled
0: a little bit to know what to talk about with you because you've done so much just very cool stuff really you've got a bit of a bit of a track record for for things that people only do once in a lifetime but you seem to do something like that in each given month so um so yeah for, for anyone who doesn't know who you are I like to start with a bit of an introduction about my guests and uh, I like to hand it over to them so they can sort of best describe who they are and, and what they do so yeah just can you just give us a bit of a bit of a background oh, absolutely. as you grace home
1: Absolutely. I think the best place probably to start is at the beginning. Um, so I was born with a life-threatening known disease called cystic fibrosis. And if you don't know what CF is, it as I've said, affects your lungs, but also affects other organs in your body, which I think sometimes people don't see. And it is an invisible illness. So, you know, for so many years, you know, I look well, but I wasn't well on the inside. I was diagnosed at four months old and my mum and dad are you describing it like bringing up a baby to die because they were told I wouldn't make 16 years old and I certainly wouldn't achieve anything in life. And I would spend most of my life in the hospital, maybe on oxygen, but, you know, you know, don't hope for anything more than that. Um, but obviously less do they know that I was much more determined and driven than that, and I have had many setbacks, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, but being honest, I wouldn't change the life I've been given. It has given me a lot of life in the years I have had, and also I think kind of fast-tracked me into living and doing things, as you've said, that many people wouldn't be brave enough to do. And so I'm grateful for that. And actually without the hardships and the things that have happened to me, I certainly wouldn't be chasing the things that I am currently chasing. So although cystic fibrosis is not comparable between people, for me, it has given me a lot of life um, and a lot of lessons, but CS is hopefully in the long run going to be something that people can live limitlessly with. But for me, before my most recent years, wasn't the case, and I've had to fight a lot just to be alive. Let alone kind of do the things that I've done.
0: And I think I think take a lot for granted. Really, as someone who doesn't have anything like a life-threatening condition, you kind of you see these people on Instagram and. And social media things like that and you think oh yeah cool but you just it's so hard to comprehend that living like that day to day and just not knowing what's around the corner and i always think it's really incredible to see your kind of outlook and the fact that you are just like nah i just refuse to to accept the narrative that's given to you and i think for for the for the, for the vast majority of people that would have been just like game over straight away i you know what's the point of doing anything now because i've been given this kind of And it's by a medical professional. So these are by people who ought to know, and these are people you trust and you, you kind of, you take what they say as you know, as gospel. It's like, okay, if, if a doctor said it and multiple doctors have said it, then it, then it must be true. So to be able to kind of challenge that narrative and, and push through, I think is really quite something special. Is there anything you've, you found that you've drawn upon? to help you get through that? Is there any sort of standout moments to you that you think actually it was a maybe a quote? I've heard you refer to a couple of quotes in the past or um, I've got one later on that I want to show you as well. Uh, but yeah, is there anything along those lines that you think have sort of been like a, a switching point moment for you?
1: Oh, definitely. I've had plenty. And I think I think there's a few, especially when I was younger, that I will explore. So the first one, obviously when I was in school growing up, And I honestly, although I had my setbacks and I was on over 80 tablets a day, I honestly didn't believe that I had the condition that they were telling me because here I was, 15 years old, 16 years old, running for county on track, you know, doing all these sports. And my measure at school was like, who can I be peeing? if I was at the top of PE, obviously I'm fine. And I was, you know... Well, but well, and I was like, like they must have got it wrong. Like, I don't understand what's going on. And I think when I did reach 16, they the toxins uh, I think people, many people who have come across toxins would, would understand this. They have a way with words sometimes. And they went, So you've done well to reach 16, but you're probably halfway through your last. Like, how does that make you feel? Because by then, the age expectancy for people who see us had gone to 30. And I was a bit like, Whoa, like, hang on a minute, like. How can you suddenly throw these words around? Unfortunately, when I reached 19, I'd become really unwell and they, you know, tried everything to make, get me better and things like that. And I remember sitting in my hospital room and the doctor sitting on the end of my bed going, well, nothing's working. And if you carry on this rate, you probably got two years. And I remember thinking like, wow, like they were never were so happy kind of anticipated hearing, but thank God I did. Because for me, that moment in time was at the moment where I turned around and said, I actually don't want to run and I want to be able to fill my years doing the things that I love to do and experiencing all that I to offer. And so I sat there, drew up a little bucket list um, despite obviously how well I was and, you know, getting out of bed and hard work and was like, that's it. If I want to improve my health, like, I need to learn how to do that and I need to work with people that are going to help me. I need to change my career path I need to do absolutely everything in my power to be able to breathe and be able to live my life and so that's exactly what I did and with a 50% of function, a year later I went and summited Mount Kilimanjaro being the second female in the world to do that with CS and I remember sitting at the top of Kilimanjaro being like well they didn't believe I could do it so what else could I do and how else could I improve my health and I kind of since then things have spiraled and I've done all kinds of things. And so it's that pivotal moment that many people would have seen or maybe given into or seen as a failure or like, you know, the unable to kind of move through that. The life that I've experienced since then would never have happened. And I think this is why perception of situations and how you react to things is so important. And thankfully, my younger me was able to see through that.
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's always really interesting to see how, how much you can push the human body as well. There's some amazing people that have done some, quite frankly, absurd feats uh, in their life. So you've got, you know, Ross Edgley, who's swum around the UK. Yeah. For, it was over a hundred days, he didn't set foot on land. Six hours on, six hours off swimming. And that just boggles my mind. You've got, uh, Jay Alderton did, he box jumped the height of Everest. You've got another guy, Tom Kemp, I think did it. And I think Ross Edgley did it as well, about rope climbing the height of Everest. And it's just I think the there's oh, the current guy as well I can't remember what his name is, but he's known as the hardest geezer he's running across Africa amazing and it's it's just it's just insane what you can can do and I think that I don't know if it's because social media didn't give you the exposure to those types of people before, but now it just seems like there's so many people doing things that I would never have believed to be or even across my mind as to being possible in you know in your lifetime yet there's people doing it out here doing it every day. There's, you know, you're, you know, a unique individual in that you've got this condition, and you're pushing on and and doing all these challenges. And there's so many other people that are doing these challenges as well, but they don't have that condition. And there's also people that would never even dream of being able to run a marathon, let alone. What's your? You'll we'll get onto your latest challenge a bit later on, but but yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's quite incredible, and I think I've heard of I've heard people describe illnesses and and events like this as, some people describe them as their superpower and from what you've said before you said it you know you wouldn't have thought that you would be able to do the things you've done without that diagnosis so does that kind of would you describe it as a superpower or is that a bit too bit too nice to call it a superpower
1: I think you can do it and I think again it comes down to perception and because I think many people would be like hang on a minute you were born with a life-threatening disease that is not curable and yet you're grateful for it and I think for me like you know, especially with the challenges I have done. I always look back and think the younger me would be so proud that I'm not giving up despite nobody believing that it was, you know, I would ever be able to do anything with my life. Um, and I think as well, you have to use the situations you're in to your advantage and find a way through them because otherwise we'd never do anything in life. And granted, like many people were like, oh, God, well, here she goes again. Like, what are you going to do this time? But for me, my I've got a few fears in life and one of them is regret and for me like there's a phrase i can't remember who said it but somebody said it and they said it's the excuses you make today that will be the regrets you have at the end of your life. and for me like i love being able to push myself and see what i can achieve mentally and physically and i know that i would regret not leaning into that discomfort because of what you can get from that if i didn't just try and do these things that are deemed impossible because what's the point in life unless you're gonna do something with it or you're gonna do what you want to do with it, more importantly. And for me, like I know that if I didn't do these things, it would be a massive regret for me and I'd get to my deathbed and be like, the life I could have had versus the life that I had. And I think when I embark on deciding to do things, I'm like, would I regret not trying or would I regret not giving it my all? Because I think it's so easy to kind of stay in comfort. Whereas if you go into discomfort, you really find out what you're made of, who you are, your capabilities. And I think I under- I also understand not many people or people don't want to do that, but you miss out because of what you can then develop within your life and the experiences and the people you meet. And my most favorite moments are by far my most uncomfortable, such as climbing Kilimanjaro or doing other things I've done. Like I did a paddleboard race a couple of years ago, which was definitely by far the hardest thing I've ever done partly because I'd never paddled in the ocean before. It was 80 miles across the Gulf Stream, but that day will never leave me. Like it was phenomenal on so many different levels. And, and I think it's what you make out of the situation that you're in, because of course I could have sat there and been like, well, I've got a CF the support, but then t- time goes by anyway, right? And so you either decide to make the most of the time you've gone, embrace it and enjoy it, or you sit back and look back and be like, well, I kind of haven't done anything or I haven't done anything I wanted to do because I'm scared or whatever. So for me, if I'm fearful of something, it's also a sign that I should do it.
0: Yeah. There's a there's a quote, I think, to do with the the, the pain of regret is often greater than the pain of actually doing the thing you didn't want to do in the first place. I can't remember. I've just paraphrased that Precisely. Um, completely. But... The Stoics have got an idea of this idea of memento mori and I think you get these calendars which have basically got your life mapped out in weeks so each week you can go and you can tick it off and it's I mean it's horrendous to look at because you realise the, the brevity of life when you have it displayed in front of you in a matter of weeks and you're filling in these these uh, these boxes of the weeks of your life and you realise like holy shit I've done about 25% of my life already and like there's not actually you know when I, I i end up going into a bit of a rabbit hole when i look at that sort of thing and realize i'm like, oh, like i haven't achieved anything i wanted to do and things like that as well and i end up in a bit of a flap but you know it's those time is very very short and it does we always get to the end of the year and we go oh, oh i don't know where the year's gone and it's just like a default thing as as humans especially as brits where we're just like oh god it's sort of same old same old i don't know where the year's gone again but from that moment i've i've been trying to uh, to focus on like actually on a month by month basis like I try not put stuff off too long so you know actually I was looking at your account that's inspired me to do my first half marathon so I've signed up for the bath half and it was very much a I saw it pop up on my Instagram and I was like yeah go on then I'll do it because I always say to myself each year I'll, I'll do an event or I'll do a sporting event maybe I'll try for a marathon or something like that and it gets kind of you get to the middle of the year and you realize all of the events are pretty much passed anyway by that point so you gotta wait until the next year and then the next year rolls around you're like, ah oh, like I was gonna sign up for that and you never do and before you know it you've kind of you've been promising yourself you you're gonna do an event for three four years and you never do it and you're like well where's the time gone so um, I'm trying to just say yes to more things like that and just try it. Uh, I'm a firm believer in just trying things first you know at least once you can you know pushing yourself out of your comfort zone especially for me something I've got very good at socially in approaching people whereas before it would be a case of a you know like I don't know what they they might think of me I don't want to sort of bother that person but now I I go up and I have that conversation because you never know where it's going to lead exactly it's something I'm trying to do a bit more of in like a sporting sense and physical sense with things like challenges like that but I think so many people, it goes back to that really corny saying of missing 100% the hundred of the shots you never take, right? But if you don't approach people and you don't ask the question, you're never going to know what's happened. And that could be a question that changes your life or will come back to at uh, some point in your life and rear its head again. And you realize if you hadn't had that, you you may not get these opportunities.
1: Oh, definitely. I agree with that so much. I do believe in sliding doors and making your own luck and like, you know, I do believe things that are meant won't pass you by but you also have to be open to opportunity and open those doors yourself Mm -hmm. Definitely, and pushing yourself out there to as you've said like meet people or do different challenges or have that conversation because I think you know a lot of the time we can spend so much of our time being like oh what if or oh I don't want to do that because it's you know it's uncomfortable or as you've said I don't want to bother that person but you know, by having that conversation, like, what are you going to miss out on? You're going to miss out more by not trying and not doing these things, because you never know, you might find you do that half marathon and you're like, oh, okay, maybe the half's not for me, but I'd love to go and race the 10K or I'd love to go and try a high rocks or I'd love to go and do these things. It might open that door of like putting yourself in a community. Mm. You know, there's loads of like run clubs around and stuff that I see. And this is why like, I, you know, I'm a firm believer of also try something once yeah, or you know, because you never know, like, you might find something that you actually really know it to do. And until you try, how are you supposed to know? And it's, I think, human nature to get stuck in the same routine year after year, week by week. And I think it is a really nice idea to sit down at the beginning of each month and be like, okay, well, aside from the things that I have to do, what do I want to also do this month? Yeah. You know, it could be, I'm going to record a couple of more podcasts this month, or I want to book a race or I want to, you know, do that cooking lesson that I wanted to do. And I think making sure that you're doing that consciously is a really important thing because I've been so guilty of it in the past where life goes by and you're like, oh my goodness, what have I done? Nothing, which you have done something, but I think as humans, we like to kind of earmark the big things in life as the main event when actually some of the small things are also the main event because they're the things that bring you peace. Yeah, with the excitement and all of that and I think I've been massively guilty in the past where I've only really recognised the big achievements because for me growing up I got told I'd never achieve anything in life in which case the only things that matters were the things that people believed I'd never do
0: yeah it's the small wins that add up as well I, I was speaking to another guest about this as well and about you know being present and in, uh, uh, Andrew Dace had on said about enjoying the reward so it's not just about it's not just about actually doing the thing but it's about taking the time to acknowledge your efforts and the work that's gone into it so all of the work that's led up led you to where you are now all of the training all the nights where you didn't want to get out of bed and you got out of bed all the nights where you didn't want to you just wanted to sort of sit on the sofa all um for the whole weekend instead of going for your run it's those small wins really do add up, and I think it's a war-, war of attrition. At the end of the day, it's not. If you just focus on the big ones, then you're you're gonna you're only gonna find maybe four or five things that you've done that's gonna be really big. Whereas if you look at the, a more granular level, you can find four or five things every day that you think have, you've done really well. And the power of sort of compounding those into something big can really just help with your motivation. I think.
1: Oh, definitely, and I think. One of the biggest things to also look at is the main or the most important part of achieving a goal isn't actually the goal itself. It's the things you achieve before that. So it's the person that you've become, the discipline, as you've said, and all the things in between where you've had to put things in place to ensure that you become the person that is able to achieve that goal. Because I think we put so much emphasis on, I want to go and run that marathon. You forget, you know, you need to work backwards and actually for you to do that, you have to execute the plan. You have to do the nutrition. You have to get the recovery in and all these things. And to be that person, you actually have to go and change as a person, which is the most amazing part.
0: I think it's, it's fear of the unknown as well as what puts a lot of people off. And if you're putting, if you're trying something new for the first time, if you're trying a challenge that not many people have tried before, you said, for example, your Kilimanjaro escapade where you were the second person, uh, second one with, with cystic fibrosis to, to ever do that. Did you feel like that was the the scale of the achievement? Did you feel like, actually, I've done something that few people have ever done before? Or to you, you were just like, yeah, it was, it was a hard challenge, but, you know, it's nothing insurmountable.
1: I think it's interesting because I was thinking about this recently, my mindset over the years, because I think there's so much power in naivety as well. Because back then I was like, well, I've got to go and do this this challenge, otherwise I'm going to die on, which is not realistic or real. But it's what saved me, right? So I was like, right, I'm going to go and do this challenge because I could be the second person in the world with so CS to achieve it. And instead of recognizing the challenge, I got to the top and went, okay, cool, wasn't it? And I yeah. was guilty of that for quite a long time, doing numerous different challenges, whether it was running mountains, whatever it could be. And it was only until more recently where I sat back and I was like, a lot of people don't even do any of these, any of this stuff once. And I think especially because most of the stuff I've done was pre-social media, right? So it wasn't even out there. And I think now I would look back, like I did an ultra Ironman self-supported um, 18 months ago. And I do look back and think, oh, that was a long day. <laughs> that was a hard day. But I didn't give oh, up. Daniel, and especially because it was yeah, it was more planned on my heart and the 5K swim... Was down in the dark on my own with no lakes support because it was a poor planning part. but i wasn't going to be put off by the fish that were following me because i actually couldn't bear the thought of getting out of the lake and being like oh well i didn't make it because the fish you know um and it was dark and i couldn't see a thing
0: was it all in italy was it
1: yeah yeah, yeah. and it, well, it was phenomenal and i think this is why like i love to try and encourage people just to do something it doesn't have to be to the scale that i do i just drive off of doing these things that are ridiculous in a way but it could just be like you know I want to go and start around going around a kilometer down the road that's amazing and I think this is also the problem with social media where you know recognizing that you don't have to do the big things you could do the big things that are big for you and that's still amazing it doesn't have to be comparable to anyone else's because also you're not starting on the same days like for me doing the challenge that I've got this is you know 12 years deep into doing this kind of stuff, you know, this isn't kind of one day and being like, do you know what, I started running three weeks ago and I want to go do this thing. And I think that's a really important thing to remind yourself of. And I think this challenge that I am training for is going to be by far the biggest thing I've ever attempted in my entire life. Aside from obviously seeing not dying, which is also quite a big achievement in itself.
0: Yeah, prop, props for that one.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well done, um but I think it's really important to like, emphasize that because I think It's great talking about these amazing big things, but what is also amazing is people just trying stuff, no matter what it is, stuff that's not in their comfort zone. Yeah. Because I think, especially people with CF, there are still people out there and there's many people out there that aren't well and even just getting up out of bed is hard work. And I think it's so easy to kind of get stuck in the, well, that person's doing it and I'm not doing that, or I can't do that, or I couldn't imagine doing that, but I think it's about taking inspiration on your own need and own level. To apply it to your own life, to be like, well, what person do I want to become by doing these things?
0: It's about, I think it's about. There's a difference between. So, for example, people looking to you they'd be very inspired. Take the example of I, I signed up for the half marathon because I saw your, your, uh, your challenge attempt, and I was like, okay, well, if I, if, you know, if if you can do that with CF, no matter how deep you are into it, with you know all the training you've done in the past, then. I can at least give this a try. But once that, once that initial kind of buzz and that motivation wears off, a lot of people, I think it's the Marines, I don't know, I'm, i think I'm quoting sort of Churchillian drift now. It's a, it's a principle where everything, no matter what it is, gets attributed to Churchill or someone incorrectly, but I think it was the Marines who basically said, she- you don't, you don't rise to the occasion. You, you fall to the level of your training and. So when that initial motivation wears off, which I think a lot of people rely on, and they say, oh, I don't have the motivation to do it. You go onto YouTube, you can type in these motivational speakers and these videos, which will pump you up. And you're good for, a, you know, you're good for maybe a month and then, it start, or, or maybe less. And then that starts to fizzle out a little bit. And you kind of, you look into things as to, to well, how do I keep going for this? And I was discussing this with a, another guest of mine who does Ironman. And she said, goal setting is probably the most important thing at least for her because when you when you're going through your training and then when you get to the race and it's the hard stuff's happening you can look back and go actually I set out to achieve this and also my training has led me to the point where I know what's going to happen I know that this cramping is natural to happen at this point the race because I've trained for it do you do you rely on discipline or do you use motivation obviously you've got quite a big motivator in that you you don't want to die but 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 that aside is there anything else beyond that that you rely on quite quite frequently you think
1: i think the motivation discipline scenario is a really interesting one because i think as you've said motivation is something we can't rely on because after the initial buzz has got it what comes down to is you're actually executing the plan be able to achieve these things but discipline breeds motivation so if you become disciplined and stick to the sessions you've got to do you're more likely to be motivated and the more disciplined that you can push yourself to be then you're going to do what needs to be done because you understand that you're never going to achieve it otherwise or you might but it will hurt a lot more and I think the guests that you've just spoken to about probably mentioned that the training is the hard part obviously this might not apply to me and my challenge because that's also going to be incredibly hard. But most of the time, if you can execute the training and you've got a good coach, the training plan will over exceed what you need to achieve that goal. And it all comes down to your mindset and how much you want to achieve it and understanding that you're not always going to love it. You're not always going to enjoy the training, but what you are going to get from it is the ability to know that you can do hard things. And I believe that if you do hard things, Consistently, and life becomes easier. Whereas, if you do easy things, life will always just be hard because you don't know really how to handle situations. And I think this is the power of being able to do training and move. Is it actually helps you understand how to tackle what life throws at you? Because life is a roller coaster. Like there's no one that I have met that has ever had a really easy life. Um, and I think people that I have also spoken to in the past have also said, if the hard stuff didn't happen or the failures which I don't really believe in failure either, don't happen, life doesn't change. And if nothing changes, then where 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 are you going to end up? And I think life will also keep repeating the lessons until you decide to change something. And so it's just this vicious circle. So when it comes down to discipline and motivation, of course, it takes time to build up discipline. But the quickest way to become confident in what you're doing is to do the things that you set out to do, i.e. follow the training plan or wherever it could be surrounding whatever goal, whether it's personal, fitness, work-related, like you can apply it to everything. And I think, you know, we're all guilty of missing things or not doing it or not getting out to that brand. But this is why I love setting goals that are so big that they scare the hell out of me because it will scare me into doing this training. Like, for example, obviously I've got an amazing coach for this um, marathon challenge that I'm doing. Obviously, I broke my wrist a few weeks ago. And he was like, so long as you can run, you'll be fine. But from this day on, you cannot miss one kilometer of that training plan because that's just, otherwise it will be too hard and that is that. And whether he's done it to scare me, but I also believe that he's right. Being a coach myself, you have to put your body through what it needs to go through to be able to achieve the things. And I think more so mentally, because the mental side of achieving challenges is one of the hardest things, and so if you can't push yourself to become disciplined mentally, then you are going to suffer a lot more. Mm.
0: Yeah, Ross Sedgley talks quite a lot about it, about being getting comfortable, being uncomfortable, and I think discomfort is is a scary place. No one likes to be uncomfortable. It, humans are designed to be safe and warm, and you know the Maslow's hierarchy of needs make sure everything's met and we're all safe and and uh, and all good. But it, it does take a great deal of courage, I think, to put yourself in a position where you, you know it's going to suck and you anticipate it's going to suck, but you do it anyways. And mm-hmm. There is a principle I learned from Andrew Huberman. He's a, he's a neuroscientist at Stanford University. And he described an area of the brain called the ACC. I think it's called the anterior cingulate cortex. It sounds very fancy, but it's that, that part of the brain is associated with like cognitive functions and things like associated with things like willpower and they found that when you do something that you you actively do something that you don't want to do you you can actually train that like a muscle you can train your willpower essentially so the more times that you put yourself in situations where you you know you don't want to do it you you have high anxiety levels leading up to it let's take you know, the, the really popular one at the moment of like ice baths or a cold shower where you know it's you hate it it doesn't get any better each time but you do it anyways you can actually train that that's consciously training your kind of willpower and, and self-discipline to be able to do that so it's, it's interesting that you can actually train this sort of stuff it's not something that's just for some people it may be that it comes it, it may come a bit more naturally to some other people depending on what your motivations are but you can actively go out of your way to be able to do that and by doing that you're you know, you're strengthening that willpower and making you uh, you know eventually do bigger and bigger things that you don't want to do such as exactly such as paddleboarding boarding 80 miles across uh you you're quite literally throwing yourself in at the deep end with that one weren't you?
1: yeah there's been a there's been a running theme really for the last 10 years where I'll get offered a challenge quite last minute and I've gone' what's the lesson that's going to happen to me uh, I remember flying in to Florida and then obviously getting a boat over to the Bahamas, being like, I am so jet lagged. And tomorrow night, I need to go and paddle ward 18 miles back to Florida. And I think normally in this challenge, the wind's behind you, the weather's not that bad. Like when we went over, it was like glass water. it was absolutely beautiful. The night of the challenge, of course, thunder and lightning came in. And I remember leaving the shore being like, cool. How hard could it have been? There's a couple of really vivid memories with that, where obviously with it, you have a captain in a boat to follow with the GPS and safety reasons, because there's about 200 paddlers, there's a few boats out there. And I remember getting to, I think it must have been about an hour in, the captain being like, you're doing so well, keep going. You've done three miles. I was like, that has just destroyed my entire song. That, because I am so tired. And it was obviously so warm and the waves were so big and somebody had already been bitten by shark and I was like this is going to be by far the most mental of my entire life and it was and the other thing that really kind of plays on my mind is that when you do these kind of challenges and these experiences you also have the opportunity to experience things that most people won't so for example obviously that in itself is a very niche thing but within the whole experience by the time the sun had come up the storm had gone away the waters were flat And there was no land to be seen. So like we were in the middle of the ocean on a paddleboard surrounded by the sunrise. And I don't know many other circumstances where people would have been in that position other than obviously if you're on a boat. But I remember just being like, although this is really hard and it's emotional and it's challenging every single part of my sanity, how phenomenal is it that by the time I get to the other end, which I will get to, I have these memories and these experiences and knowing that I can tackle things that are, weird and wonderful and bizarre and amazing and i think when you do these things the only spares you want to then want to do more
0: yeah sort of getting that that appetite for for the more exciting it, it sounds i don't know some people that might sound absolutely terrifying being in the middle of the ocean like n- not having anything around you but it also sounds like it came with a like a level of serenity almost where it's kind of just you and oh aside from the two other 200 other people most of which probably didn't make it by that point but um yeah that sort of being out there and and taking that all in and i think it's it's a good point actually because there's a lot of times we just kind of head down and get through stuff without actually taking and it's this idea of being present right taking taking in the sights around us even in the cold you know I, i went for a run the other day and it was peeing it down with rain and actually it was probably the most fun i've ever had running recently as well because I got absolutely I walked in absolutely drenched and if I'd have looked at that and it would have been peeing down with rain beforehand I would be like do I really want to go and do that but actually going out there the you know it was a nice temperature it was cool like don't often run the rain and it's quite fun to be honest and just sort of taking in everything around me it was yeah I I really enjoyed the experience and I think a lot of time people just kind of head down, bulldoze their way through, especially when it gets like harder challenges, but don't take the time to sort of appreciate what's going on around them and actually that they are capable of doing that sort of thing.
1: I think so and I think it's something that I am trying to be more conscious about is being present within the emotion that you're in. Not so that it takes over but I think we're human and we experience it. all these different kinds of emotions for all kinds of different reasons and I think it's like getting to know yourself. As well and knowing that you might be out in that in that rain doing that round and it's windy and it's maybe a bit cold but you found fun in it right so it's about actually realizing that the things that we perceive potentially to be not fun you actually might enjoy and i think we're so quick to put an emotional state onto something before we do it or experience it because i think some of the best as i've said times and the most happiest times And the most memorable times have also been some of the strangest and hardest scenarios that I've placed myself in. And I think it's a huge reminder. And I think even like this past weekend where I had two very long runs, the first on the Saturday, I found myself in some strange mental state for some unknown reason. But obviously, I was like, well, I've got to do these kilometers. And then the next day, it was absolutely never wrong. I still got up there and did it less than 6 a.m., And afterwards, I sat there and I was like, do you know what? It just shows that us as people can do these things. And I think it's really important to consistently put yourself into these uncomfortable positions. It doesn't have to be extreme. It could just be going for a run in the rain because it makes you realise actually what we are able to do and actually find joy in as well. Yeah,
0: definitely. Do Do you ever get bored on these long runs?
1: Yeah, but I think that's part of it, isn't it? We're not meant to always love them and find them fun and to be honest, <laughs> the one that I did do on Saturday that ended up in a bit of a strange mindset, I promised myself to the bakery at the end.
0: <laughs> so I
1: actually ran probably three kilometers further away to run the 3k back that I need to do to, convert, to commit to the miles just so that I can go to the bakery because the bakery was still a kilometer from my house. And then obviously I walked back. I think it's about finding the fun in it and actually understanding that being bored is okay. Because I think... With social media and scrolling and all these kinds of things, we try and entertain our brains all the time. And actually being bored is okay, even though it doesn't seem so fun. But not every part of us is fun. So for me, like learning to be bored, especially with the challenge of got coming up, I need to be really okay with that. So it probably did me some good.
0: It's, it's like delayed gratification almost, isn't it? Yeah. It's not just getting that, that short-term stuff, which, as you say, it's kind of being programmed into us now with these short hits of of Dave mean and you you see it even in things like films now as well the Mm -hmm. the duration of cut scenes and sort of action scenes they tend to be so fast moving and that's sort of parallelized with the whole tiktok scrolling because most of the time you're only looking for a few seconds and so you actually see how much of a transition effect it's having on things like that entertainers on the on the wider scale so actually being able to you know not have that and it's a good point really about this sort of blind positivity that people think you must have with everything must be amazing even in all these challenges you must enjoy every second of it it's not but it's it's kind of i think my friend calls it type two fun where it's it's not fun at the time and it's horrible but after the fact you feel so much better it's like doing a really hard workout at the gym or you know when we're absolutely blown out your ass by the end of it but you know, an hour later, you're like, actually, I'm really proud of myself for getting through that.
1: Yeah, exactly. You literally get an hour on and I couldn't the better myself to be honest. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? It is so important to keep doing that. Touchy fun is actually the best on of fun, in a way.
0: You heard it here first.
1: <laughs> no, <Noted. laughs>
0: <laughs> So, did. So, I said to you earlier, I had a had a quote for you and i think it's kind of i love a good quote on this podcast i don't know about you but sometimes you just need a good quote to to get through the day but it was confucius who said every man has two lives and the second starts when they realize they only have one so that's a very good quote that for me is kind of when we go back to this idea of memento mori and this the brevity of life and things like that that's when i go into panic mode and go actually Shit, there's not a lot of time actually left, and yeah, it, it kind of inspires you to kind of get on and, and look at doing doing things with a sense of urgency rather than sort of delaying it for a for a later date. um So I'm trying to sort of work on on getting better at that, really.
1: Yeah, and I think why not? Because I think this is where CS has given me the step up. It has made me do it early, and by far earlier than maybe other people, right? Because I got told from a very young age, no, you're not going to do anything in life. And that made me go, all right, watch me. But I think, you know, no one knows how long you're going to be here for, right? And I think we—it it is so easy to get so busy in the, oh, yeah, but, you know, I need to earn this amount of money. I need to have this amount of savings. I need to achieve all these different things. But it's like, well, that's perfectly valid and valid. But what else do you want to do that potentially you couldn't do when you're 60? Like, you know, some of the challenges that I have done, of course, there'll be plenty of 60 year olds that will be able to do it. But I might not be able to. So how about doing the things that I want to do? No, no. If I can. Create the opportunity. Find a way. Because I do believe we'll have the opportunity to achieve the things we want to achieve. And some people will take longer. Some people will take, you know, less time. Some people will have things that land at the right time. But I think we only have one shot and I think, I can't remember who said it, but it's similar to what you've just said It's basically, you know, we live like we're never going to die. So, you know, you do all the things you want to do, but actually we only live once. And so we could die anytime. And it goes back to the fear of not putting yourself out there because you don't want to look silly or you don't want to be different to everybody else. But actually, you know, I'm very well now, for example, but in five years' time, am I might not be. And would I regret not doing the things I want to do now? I just was too scared to do them, absolutely. And so, yeah. you know, this is why like I, every single year trying to, I try and do a big challenge or try and do something or learn something new because why not? Like, I would love to learn a language at some point, maybe that will be in my 2025 goals. Yeah. And I would love to, you know, be able to inspire someone else to simply try and do something that potentially they've never done or achieve something that no one else would have thought they would have achieved. And I think it's about believing in yourself so highly and so much that other people have no choice but believe in you too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's always that, as you said before, about being naive enough to... To think you can do the impossible and just kind of giving it a shot, anyways. And uh, there's a there's one about sort of shooting for the moon. And if you miss, anyways, you kind of you you hit somewhere nearby. Like if you set the bar so unbelievably high, it doesn't matter if you actually get there. But the chances are you'll probably end up getting further ahead than you ever thought you would. You know, was possible for you, and probably for a lot of people around you as well. I think people rely as a society i think if we do everything that everyone else wants us to do if you actually look at the average person in i think the average person in america is like divorced overweight and less than 1k in the bank so actually if you look at what people want you to do as a society it's probably not the best trajectory for your life anyways like people want to fit in and sort of you know align into this mold because they don't want to stand out but actually everyone is so different anyways like the 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 fundamental nature of human beings is that they are so different from each other like no two people are the same um apart from identical twins but even in identical even twin, then
1: though like you don't know do you like the mindsets could be so different and the ones and things like that and i think you're right that like, the power lies in you being an individual and actually leaning into that and being like whatever happens no one else can predict my next move only i can and actually no one knows when you know they're gonna be suddenly skyrocketed, skyrocketed into, you know, achieving something or success. So like you've that's why you have to put those building blocks down and just be like, if so I keep going, it will be on the road to success, however long that takes. I think there's a quote that says you could be working for 10 years and the last last year is the year that you make it. But I think people are too afraid to ask a failure to not try again. But a failure is just feedback and it's learning and Understanding what does work, what doesn't work and knowing that, you know, understanding the people's opinions of you actually does not matter. I think a lot of the internet likes to judge people, likes to troll people, but actually that is a pure perception of them as an individual person. And it's usually a reflection of them because they're not willing to put themselves out there to be vulnerable because I think there's a lot of power in being vulnerable.
0: Yeah, and I think it's it's the default mechanism for most people now, especially when they are you you know, crap on social media. Is it's like it's easy for you to say that's kind of oh, well, it's all right for you because you're in this position, or it's all right for you because you have this upbringing. But it's just, I think when you get people like that, it's more a reflection, as you say, a reflection of their own insecurities, and they're trying to project their insecurities onto you, and to be able to say it's actually almost always pity those people because you know it's just something that you've done has obviously generated something in them that's made them either regret not doing something or it's kind of shone the light on their own circumstance to so go actually well you've had every opportunity to do something and do the things you wanted to do but you haven't done it and it kind of I think it kind of guilt trips people almost they kind of take it as a you know it, they're ashamed of themselves, so then they have to lash out other people and try and bring them down to to their level, which I think is it's. A, I think it's a defense mechanism a lot of the time when people do things like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. But I think for me, like if I ever feel remotely triggered by anything, it's for me to look into that as to why. Like, what was caused that? It could be nothing to do with that. Whatever that person done or said but it's something that I need to work through so that it that doesn't happen. Because I think, you know, we all growing up have had things that have had to us in different forms. And a lot of the time, and I know I've been guilty of it in the past, just burying your head and being just like, right, we've got to get on with it. And I know that there's many things that I did because I thought it was the only way to survive. And especially when it came down to my emotional state, because for me, there the pattern was I got too stressed, got emotional or got hurt by someone and I didn't live in hospital. And it was the pattern, So right? then I snitched off all the things that, that made that happen. But then by doing that, you then miss out on so many other things. So therefore, once I'd realized this path and I was like, actually, it's really important to feel things as a human being and uh, recognize emotion. And you're okay to be sitting in that emotion. But it's also happened for a reason, because of things that have happened to you. Because no one has gone through life without something going wrong. Or something being hard and it i think is a really positive thing that people do now talk about this a bit more online and you know for me for example the reason i got into all these endurance-based sports is because i thought because i was no better educated than thank god in a way it was the only way to save my own life i wouldn't change that because i've experienced some phenomenal things met some incredible people and had conversations and opportunities that never would have happened if I hadn't naively chased that. But I think the mill chill me goes, yeah, I, I kind of sometimes miss that a little bit because it's led to me to some amazing places and I'm sure it still will. But it's also being of the understanding that you don't have to bury yourself in to miss out on other parts of life to really achieve these things.
0: Mm. Yeah, 100%. It's just being dealt a different hand really, isn't it? It's kind of everyone's... De- dealt a different hand completely and it doesn't make what the hand that someone else has dealt is any less important than than yours it's just how you how you process that and how you deal with uh how you deal with the hand that's been given to you and like for you're a you're a good example of not falling into the trap of believing everything that's been told and the you know sort of falling victim to a narrative that's been painted of you and you've been self-aware enough to be able to go actually you know i don't want this for myself I'm going to try something and sort of prove other people wrong, mm-hmm. and not everyone is like that. So it's obviously testament to to your persona and your ability to be able to to be self aware. But it, it also means that you know other people can just just give it a go and see what happens. Really, it's not what's the as you say, what's the worst that can happen for you? It's some things do have quite dire consequences, but for other people, if you don't have something that's like life threatening, then. You've got even more of reasons to just try stuff because you don't have that, that sort of, um, you know, that sort of negative side of it as well. Mm -hmm. Do you find? Do you think that if you slowed down or stopped, is are you worried about what might happen if you ever did that? Has it ever crossed your mind, or is it just kind of you don't tend to really think about that sort of things?
1: No, it's definitely something I have thought about before. The what if. I sat down. I mean, it wouldn't be in my nature not to do any form of movement. I love it. It gives me so much. And actually, last year was the first year in many years I didn't chase a big goal. I just thought, you know what? I've done the ultra Ironman. Um, I'm just going to breeze this year, train, do what I want to do. And what was interesting was the fact that my mindset suffered for that whether that's right or wrong I don't know but I know for me like I love being able to achieve things and i would literally just not set out to do anything because so I was like I'm just going to give myself a year off I'm going to do what I fancy but having that lack of structure and that lack of goal really did impact me and it doesn't have to mean that every single year I go and chase these huge things that are crazy but I think for me, it is important to have some form of goal, whether it be fitness-related, career-related, and all these things. Because although, obviously, it did kind of impact my health a bit in terms of life because I wasn't training in a structured way. Of course, my health suffered a little bit. But in a very different scenario now, I'm on a medication that does keep my health stable. I don't have to chase the big goals to stay alive. I chase them because I want to and because I love being in that scenario of having the devil on your shoulder, being like, you could stop if you wanted And having the opportunity to defy defy that and prove to yourself that you can do hard things and you can do things that most people wouldn't want to do. And so for me now, I do it for a completely different reason. That's the reason I started doing it, which is amazing.
0: Yeah. The idea of reframing stuff is something I've worked on quite recently as well, especially with this, especially with the running, because I've not really been a runner. I've always been active, always been sporty, but I've never any sort of endurance running, but someone I heard it on a another podcast, and I've tried implementing it. And I f- had a friend down at the weekend. Actually, he kept saying it to me because I kept saying, "Oh, I have to do something," and he's like, "No, you get to do <laughs> something." And I was like, "That's no, true." That's that's the that's the reframing I've been trying to do. Is actually, I don't have to run. I don't have to go out in the cold. I don't have to go out in the wet. And it's not woe is me. It's cold. is fine. I'm not gonna. You know, you're not gonna melt in the rain. Whatever. Actually, just that simple switch of saying, I don't, it's not I have to, it's I get to do it. I have all my mental faculties. I have, I have all my limbs. I've got, I've, I'm in good health. I can run, I can walk, I can jog, I can, you know, can't do backflip, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. um, but just being able to do that. Whereas there's so many people that just want one, one thing. It's like, what's the, there's an old saying, it's like, what? A healthy person wants a thousand things. A sick person only wants one. Yeah. And it's 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 quite true, really. It's like okay, you you notice it when you get, you know, you get a sore throat or you get under weather or you get a cold. The only thing you can think about is, oh, I wish I just didn't have a blocked nose or I didn't have a sore throat or something. Uh, Whereas when you're when you're going around day to day, you just don't really appreciate that stuff at all. So my, I'm trying to oh work goodness, on reframing no. that.
1: That is so good, and actually. We must have been aligned because at the weekend I was also thinking in that way because obviously breadware is whatever, so that's by the way. But I also have a chest infection, which I've not had for a long time. Just, you know, everything always comes at once, like to see how will do, you, do you stuff. And I was running and I was like, I had no remember the last time like, I had to run breathless, as in like gasping for air because I actually cannot breathe. A bit like the old me, really. And it really humbled me because I was like, do you know what? The old me would have had the attitude if I get to go I can still run even though it's really hard to breathe I was like do you know what I can't let that person down myself and two like I still get to go and do this stuff and I bet you anything if I couldn't do it I'd want to do it and that's it's that vicious cycle. so I was also telling myself while I was suffering like weekend it might be a bit harder than I think it should be and I might not be able to breathe but I still get to bed and do this and I how lasting privilege is that that I can still move my body in the
0: way I want to move it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean there's there's I want to get a guest on uh, I don't know if you heard of him, he's called Mark Ormrod. Mm-hmm. And he is he's a triple amputee. Um but I, I follow his social media and he, I think he was the second he was only he was the first amputee triple amputee since the Second World War or something back in two thousand and seven. Um he was pronounced dead twice. He was an IED out in Afghanistan, I believe. And He's a motivational speaker now and he's he was in the news recently cuz someone stole his gym kit and it had all his prosthetics in so he was he was like I don't know, you know, why would you steal my legs sort of thing. Um but he's amazing. Like you follow his account and he is, you know, he's just just got a, an arm, but he does jiu-jitsu, he mm. swims, Mine he then. did the Invictus games and it's like you get it's just different levels to this game where you think you you think you're hard done by with a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. but then you meet people like yourself and then you get you know mark as well and it's like there's just so many different levels where you're like okay well i have all my faculties i haven't got anything you know any ailments or anything like that but yeah i still sometimes can't bring myself to go and do a run or whatever and then you got you for example where you're like well okay i've only i've only got like 50 percent of my lung capacity but i still get to go out and run and then you get mark who's got well I've only got one arm but at least I still get to roll around on the mats and do nope. jujitsu and Rival. it's bloody hell it's just you when you just realise that actually your problems are very very small in comparison to everyone else's and it doesn't make them any less valid and this kind of a point which I think social media does get carried away in that and you alluded to it earlier where it's like you don't have to do an almighty goal that breaks records to for it to be you know to to be considered worth anything it doesn't mean that your self-worth or your you know your sense of worth should be any less for doing a couch to 5k for example but it just goes to show there are different levels to this game where you know there's you can come up with every excuse under the sun but there's someone out there who's probably had a, a very different deck of cards dealt to them they've got it in you know, in relative terms, they got it a lot worse than you. But they're still out there doing it and doing what they want to do. So, yeah, it's, it's good to good to bear that in mind and realise there are people out there that, you know, are, are out there doing that sort of thing.
1: Oh, definitely, because I think it's too easy not to, isn't it? And you get so stuck in your own mind.
0: So your... In terms of all your achievements to date, is there any standout ones for you? what's your What's your proudest achievement to date, do you think?
1: I think, obviously... In the majority is significant, as I've said, why. Um, one of the other ones that you know what, I don't know if actually him toughening to one. so you're gonna be first. I went in Blanc a few years ago and it was again like I had two weeks noticing this stuff you go. And I think when we were on the drive up there, I actually sat there and for the first time ever, I was actually quite scared. And I wasn't sure whether I'd be able to cope with it because, again, I wasn't particularly well at the time, altitude, and all this stuff. And I remember just thinking, like, you know, you don't have to go and do this stuff. But I did go and do it, and it was phenomenal. It was like, if anyone likes to climb mountains, it's one that I definitely do before Global warming gets hold of everything because it was, you know, it was beautiful. We saw skiers being dropped off in the helicopters to ski down but it was so peaceful as well although I think it was definitely by far the hard, one of the hardest climbers I've ever done just because it was very technical like we had to rock climb um, over like rocks and ice and stuff and things like that and I think for me that was very much a, a test of like you know you can bail but I didn't bail and it's something that to this day like I am still really proud that I went out and did that thing that even I wasn't sure I could achieve.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. It's um it's nice to know you're human as well. Like I think people oh, over, I'm definitely uh, human. You know, overlook that and that's a the problem with social media a lot of the time is that you see you see the nice, the best bits. And and to be honest, you are you're one of the few people I think who is a bit more authentic with it when you say actually, you know I'm not having a very good day today and this is what's happened but a lot of people aren't and it's just all sunshine and rainbows and you think, holy mm-hmm. hell, they just never get any sort of sense of doubt or anything, but you have no idea, obviously, what goes on behind the scenes. You only get a little snapshot. So, yeah, thanks uh, thanks for sharing that one.
1: Uh, and also, I think on that note, like, I think, you know, I'm hoping to be able to share a lot more vulnerability going into this challenge because, you know, it's going to be really difficult and I'm definitely going to cry a lot. I think I think there's some
0: it's it's I always find it difficult because I see a lot of things now where it can go the other way as well where you see people being vulnerable and there's just something that isn't quite right with their vulnerabilities if that makes sense so as with anything now you you see you see um people being you know genuine on the face value you see i see a lot of these videos now on youtube where people are giving you know gifts of kindness to people and they're they're out giving money to people and there's one particular guy he sort of he asked people to if they want like a toy handbag or something and he goes up to random people and they've, it's got like thousand dollars in it or something and he's like, oh yeah like change change your life sort of thing but there's something that just doesn't quite sit right with me in that because you know actually they're not being it's not authentic they're they're doing it for for views and ultimately they're doing it to make money and i think there's some people that can do that with the vulnerability aspect as well where it gets thrown around a lot the word trauma gets thrown around a lot these days as well and you can kind of end up with people that are like oh yeah i'm being like my my most vulnerable self i'm being really whatever but you just know it's to kind of get the views i think there is a fine line between the authenticity and and vulnerability element but i'm not saying you're not not authentic sorry i'll just make that explicitly clear i'm not talking about you in this no no oh
1: no 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 i realize that um but i think you're right and i think obviously people do do it for views um versus being real completely
0: real yeah i mean I, i look forward to i look forward to seeing it and i'm i've been following along with your runs on got you on strava now as well so I'm, uh, oh i
1: have to find you on strava see how yeah. you
0: getting on yeah it's um uh, i'm
1: going to be doing lots of running during that challenge so if you fancy around you know where i'm going to be
0: yeah so i mean if we can obviously i mean this leads us on to the next question really about you know the latest challenge we haven't really talked about it yet so can you tell us a little bit more about the latest challenge and perhaps if anyone wants to get involved and support you at how how we might be able to do so
1: oh absolutely so basically i'm challenging myself to run 36 marathons in 36 days. Um, starting with the London Marathon on so 21st of April, finishing on the edge of the marathon. Um, I will be sharing all my routes i have already been planned out on Strava. Um, so if anyone does want to come and run and entertain me, I'll be forever grateful. It's going to be by far the hardest thing I've ever done. I'm going to be fundraising as well for the CF Trust, obviously close to my heart, so I'm there for obvious reasons. Um, but the reason behind the marathon challenge is because I actually wanted to do this when I turned 30 for reference on place two, not 36. But it was locked down, and it just wasn't something that could happen during that time. And it's never really kind of left in my mind and I got into London Marathon and I was doing the Edinburgh Marathon and I just literally thought, what are the days there are? And once that thought had hit my head and I realised that I could do something that potentially I've always wanted to do, I was like, well, what have I got to lose? Although I definitely also counted the days were wrong and originally it was a thirty-five day yeah.
0: challenge. and
1: then um, my coach was like, "Just let you know, you're thirty-six. So here we are." Um, what's, and yeah, what's huh? you
0: know,
1: victory lap. You know, That's just it. next
0: why <laughs> not parade, parade
1: lap? <laughs> and uh, you know, if for me, it's something that I've wanted to do. It's something that most people would probably think was insane, which I do as well. As we're heading into a month away from simulation week. And that's terrifying for me. I literally thought about it the other day and I was like, oh my goodness. But you know, you have to push yourself into these things if you want to achieve big things. Um, and it's going to be a phenomenal um, experience. But as I've said, like, I want as many people to join me as they want to. You don't have to run a marathon, you can run a 5K, you can run a K, you can run however you want. Um, and I will be sharing all the routes as they're happening. But there also will be a live tracking link available so you can see how I'm getting on as well. Um, which will be quite fun, and the latest thing, which is one of the other drivers, is the Guinness World Records have, been, uh, have found that it can potentially be a world record or awesome. to be the first person or the actual title is sorry, the most consecutive rounds run by someone with cystic fibrosis being Seema. Awesome. Do you
0: know what the so, Do you know what the standing is? Is there anything has it been done before? Like, is there a record with a number of
1: no, so this is creating a your records. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So that again, it was been a year in the making. I've been trying to push that for the last year, so to finally get that just in time felt so amazing. So it's all systems go with obviously evidencing and things like that, and so obviously a massive driving force. Um, and I now have a noose here that my watch is going to fail me, <laughs> so I'm now going to be running with two watches.
0: I saw your post the <laughs> other day. Yeah never Enough. ideal. It's like the the runner's dread, isn't it? The same as cycling. I think when you get to the end of your, I yeah. yeah I've done a bloody great ride today, and then oh, battery died, or halfway through, or you're like, yeah,
1: yeah. So I'm definitely going to be using two watches because for some unknown reason, which has never happened before, my Garmin keeps going telling me fails as I go to save a run.
0: Mm. No, you just it's just tired. you're just doing too much. It's saying, do you know what? Yeah, can't tired, can't keep up with you. <laughs> So, uh, do you have any? Uh, do you have any favorite snacks or anything that might be a uh, incentive to just? You see me. I'll, I'll try and run behind you with a with a plate of cookies or something.
1: Excellent news. <laughs> Excellent. Anything, honestly, anything you can find in the bakery, or I do love something the crisps as well. Ooh. And I'm going to need the salt. Yeah. So, you know, and to be honest, I wouldn't be. I don't think I'm going to be fussy at that point. I think I'm just going to be like, have someone feed me. Can it, yeah, Yeah. You know awesome so yeah it's going to be exciting
0: no it sounds incredible i think um i don't have any doubt that you'll be able to do it you you've clearly demonstrated you've got a track record of being able to do very hard things very difficult things um so yeah every faith in in your ability to do that and yeah i'll try and yeah i'll I'll have a look at the routes see if i can get down And maybe we can get a if anyone's listening we may be able to get a bit of a group together and and do a bit of a you know i'll get the foam finger out and
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, there's going to be some in London as well, yeah. um, so there's also opportunity because I think London's quite a good hub for its people. So
0: awesome! So, if people want to follow along with your training and uh, sort of keep up to date with your social media, what's uh, where would they go?
1: Um, all the handles are just my name, so Sophie Grace Holmes. Uh,
0: Sophie Grace Holmes.
1: Awesome. Simple.
0: Nice one. Well, thank you very much. Awesome.
1: Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure.
0: Yeah, really enjoyed it. It's. Uh, yeah as I say you've been you've been someone I've been keen to get on for a while now and I just really love your your approach and your outlook to life you're very genuine with with how it is and just yeah I think I've taken a lot away from this episode and some of your other stories that you've done in the past and other podcasts so uh, I don't want to inflate your ego too much so otherwise your head might might not go through the door after the podcast but yeah <laughs> awesome uh just yeah really no, thanks hurry, so much so thanks so much for coming on
1: no thank you